Hey, y'all, welcome to the Marty Smith Podcast here at Outsider. We got a cast of thousands. As always, we got Wes Blankenship in Nowhere, Georgia. We got Travis Rockhold in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City. Brandon's on the board in Nashville, and I am at Lake Norman. And we got a whole lot of stuff to talk about this week, starting with the bane of Laney Smith's existence. That would be my White House Christmas ornament. All right, y'all, we're going to break down what it's like when you decorate your tree and you have that ornament or two or that tradition or two that are very special, but that they can they can kind of go sideways if you're not staunching your convictions. All right, so back in 2000, yes, 2000, Travis and Wes weren't born yet. I'm not sure. Brandon, how old are you? 38. All right, Brandon was born at least. The other two knuckleheads weren't even born yet. I was born in 88. So in 2000, how old were you, Travis, in 2000? You said 12? Yeah. Wesley, how old were you? 10. Uh, I was 10. All right, Wesley was 10. Travis was 12. Uh, Brandon and I were already out running around raising a bunch of hell. So in 2000, Bobby Labonte won the NASCAR Winston Cup Series Championship, driving for Joe Gibbs Racing in the Interstate Batteries Pontiac, number 18 car. Back then, when they won the championship, they would go and do this whole week-long media tour in all over New York, and they would go to L.A., and they would go on the Jay Leno show or the Dave Letterman show or both, and they would preach the NASCAR faith all over God's green creation. Well, of course, Bobby drove for Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs is the king of Washington, D.C., having coached the Washington football team dynasty in the 1980s with Gary Clark and Art Monk and Ricky Sanders and John Riggins and Joe Theismann and Doug Williams and on and on and on and on and on, right? So naturally, when Bobby won the championship, we stopped by the White House. <laughs> we were invited there allegedly by the administration, and we go to the White House. And I am an idiot. Like, I've never been anywhere. We've okay? known that. I have. Look, I moved to Charlotte in 1999. I was 23 years old, barely. I started a job at NASCAR on May 3rd, 1999. And I had never been anywhere. I grew up in Appalachia. We didn't go anywhere. We stayed home. I'd been in four or five states total. My family didn't even take vacations hardly. We went to the outer banks a couple times to the beach and my best friend bones and i were i mean you talk about country comes to town son that's a whole other episode there's photographic evidence and our farmer's tans are something to behold well i so i am writing for nascar.com and i don't have any clothes like i have on laney's ski jacket like it's this <laughs> Like diarrhea brown color. It has like ski tags hanging oh, off of it. It's going and I'm going to the White House, y'all. Okay? I'm going to the White House. So we get there, and I am also, just as an aside, toting Flat Stanley. My sister-in-law, Andrea, Andy, 
is like y'all's age. Dude, this time. story keeps born taking in turns. I can't, I can't even predict, man. This story is like a what? Mad Lib. I didn't expect oh, Flat Stanley awesome. to get brought up. Oh my god! Oh, it's awesome, dude. It's it's Squirrel Woosaw. So, so we go to the White House, and I'm toting Flat Stanley. Flat Stanley is in tow. And my whole goal is to get a photograph of Flat Stanley at the presidential lectern. That's my whole goal in life. So we get there to the White House. I get a photograph of Flat Stanley at the lectern, but it's not like the presidential lectern. It's the media room lectern. It's not like the big dog. It's like the tweener dog <laughs> lectern. And... But nobody needed to know that in Ocean City, New Jersey, at, at, at Andy's little uh, elementary school. She won the Flat Stanley contest, by golly, because her Flat Stanley went to the Oval Office, by golly. So anyway, I'm all over the place. As a gift, they give all of us a presidential Christmas ornament. It is a beautiful blue oval like this like crystal blue kind of oval with a gold emblazoned white house uh like wreath around it and the white house in the middle and it says merry christmas from the white house christmas 2000 on the ornament all right I love this ornament. It came in a White House box with red velvet interior, y'all. Red velvet interior inside the box. It's nicer than the jacket material. Dude, oh, it's so much nicer than my jacket was. I hang this thing at the top of my tree every single year, and Lainey hates this Christmas ornament. Why? She, because it's... I don't know why. Maybe we should get her down here to answer that question. But I love it so much. <laughs> like, I'm so proud. Yeah, I mean, our Christmas tree is adorned with all these family moments, beautiful mementos, Christmas ornaments our children made, all these things. You, you, know, the, you know the Christmas ornaments that you get at the beach? That there's like snowmen or reindeer, and it has the entire family's names printed on it. We got a whole horde. A whole slew of those. But guess how many Christmas ornaments we have of the White House? Uno, brother. We have one of them. And it is the king of the Smith Christmas tree. Come here a minute. I need... All right, Lainey's coming in here a minute. I need I need to know what... Lainey won't come on camera. She won't do it. Just get, her, just get her voice close around. enough to the mic. Yep, come here. Come here. Tell the world why you Lainey hate can. the White House Christmas ornament. I don't hate the ornament. I hate that you talk about it. <laughs> I mean, when did we did an entire podcast about it? Honey. When did you and Lainey get married? What year? Why do you hate that I talk about it? I'm proud of that damn Christmas ornament. You know, like the first five years were fine, but we're talking 21 years later. We don't need to. Tell Instagram every year about it. If you went to the White House and the President of the United States gave you a Christmas ornament, would you not brag? 
Is that not what ornaments are for? Is that why we have them? Because we talk about them when we put them on the tree, right? Like, I think that's I think memory. that's what it is. I think Lainey's yeah. jealous that you got an ornament from the president and she doesn't have that. Yeah. Hold because please. there are other ornaments that y'all have that have your kids on it. Travis claims you're jealous that the Clinton administration <laughs> gave me a White House Christmas ornament and you didn't get one. No, Travis, I'm not jealous. <laughs> I mean, it's what it sounds like is you don't have an ornament to brag on Instagram about is what this is coming down to. No, I mean, I, don't know. I, I just I think it bugs me. It just bugs me that he keeps talking about it. Every year. Well, maybe here's a way that we could fix that. He won't brag if you'd let him keep it up year round somewhere, then he won't have to brag about it, putting it up every year. It's just naturally there year round. Well, we could do that. We could frame it. Maybe we could frame it and put it in his office. See? Yeah. All right. No That's an option. No way, Jose. That thing's going to be at the top of the Smith tree till the day I go meet Jesus. Are you got? We're celebrating you... <laughs> Jesus's birth with that tree, and it's going to be on my tree until I go meet him. Are you guys? Love you, baby. Topper, though, right? It's it's not on the top of the tree. Yeah, like, it's, literally, no, it's, it's not, not the, the star. Top. Okay. All right. We got a star up top. It just is a very high-ranking official. All right. Are you guys a uh, a real or fake Christmas tree family? Yeah, go get it. Yeah, Lainey's gonna go get it for me. So yeah, she's gonna go get it and throw it away. Though is what I'm scared. <sighs> guys, we are uh, we're a real family. We're a real Christmas tree family as well. And we went to the Christmas tree farm and cut it down the whole nine yards. Went with my parents, and uh, I've been at battle with this tree ever since. It has an odd trunk. So it looks like it's leaning, even though it isn't. Um, I had to adjust it near my window, broke a window. <laughs> I developed a Christmas tree allergy last week and had did spots it? How all did over it manifest itself? Oh my gosh. I thought I had uh, like a staph infection. I thought I had MRSA. What? And, and I was, <laughs> yes, it, I had, dude, I had spots all over my arms. Looked like a Petri dish. I was in trouble, man, because of this tree. So the real tree is is there and it smells delicious. And uh, delicious is probably not the best word. I don't want to eat it or anything, but it smells great and fragrant, I meant to say. And uh, it's also my rival at the moment. So I'm thankful for little that, baby Jesus, but but this tree is, is, uh, is waging war on me. That ornament is amazing. I know it's amazing. Daggone right, it's amazing. Look I, at this thing. For the first time ever, I have to disagree with Lainey. I've always been hashtag Team Lainey. She's my captain. Let's see if I can get it where you can actually read it. I don't know if you can see it well enough. The, I the, see it. The podcast listeners yeah. are loving this. What does it say? The uh, 200th anniversary. Oh, and it's the 200th anniversary. Come on, Lainey. Like, yeah, I know. Did I leave that part out on yeah. my description? Yeah. Christmas 2000. The 200th anniversary. I mean, listen, back in the day when we were oh, kids, we yeah. did y'all have face? When y'all when y'all one up your buddy, did you go face? No. We did in Parisburg, and no. that's a big face. We would give each other right a neck. Side? A neck? What's a neck? No. What? A neck is when you say something stupid and you just <laughs> slap the back of your buddy's neck and Give him like a burn on it. What are you guys? So, I don't know. So it's like the red down that way, boy. 
It's like, the, have... no, it's like the anti-face. All right, wait. That opens a whole new door here. Did you guys do, like, you know you know the uh, the trigger on, like, a dog leash that opens up the dog leash? Oh, yeah. That thing that you pull down with your thumb there and it opens it up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. What do you call that? I don't know what that's called, but so you clip. open that up. When we were kids, the clip, yeah, clip's fine. So when we were kids, you would t- get plastic ones, and you'd break the curved top part off, and you would blast each other in the knuckle with the actual. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and, and and it was like a bloody knuckles game. Did y'all do that? No. No. What about y'all were what way about more trying to break each other's pencils? Your... So no. do you want? So it made me. <laughs> were you talking about a pencil? Uh, it was like in, redneck enough. It was, I think, like in third grade, and this kid dropped his pencil, and uh, I went to kick it at the same time he went to pick it up, and Uh-oh. he ended up looking like the Wolverine. The pencil went in his hand. Oh no! Ooh. was that in school suspension? Uh, I mean, it was. It was all accidental. There was no punishment. Love these days. Trust me. No. Oh, no yeah. No punishment levied. No, if it's an accident. No targeting penalty called on me. We were good. Uh, anyway, but I, Wes, Wes, go back to, go back to your Christmas tree a minute. So you've gotten MRSA from your Christmas tree. Oh man. What's the, what's the decoration? I looked it up. It's a real thing. It's called the, it's called the Chris, the Christmas tree allergy and, uh, people get it apparently. But what do you do? How do you survive the rest of December? uh, Neosporin on it. Yeah. I put Neosporin on it. it. Every dude, I took y'all gonna y'all gonna laugh at this Benadryl. now. I took a Benadryl. I took a Benadryl before we recorded last week's episode, and I was hoping that I wasn't gonna just sack out during the middle of it, but I made it through. Um, all right, so decorating our tree, we have you know our family's a little younger, uh, being born in two thousand one, like Marty thinks I was. Um, we're just getting our our feet wet here, um, so we have you know like. Kate's first Christmas. That's an ornament. Um, we've got Brittany and Wes's first Christmas with like some little stick figures on it, you know, but there's not a lot of sentimental family stuff on our tree yet. So there's like a bunch of like, uh, we got some ball ornaments that have like duck feathers on them. It's like a Southern living kind of tree at the moment with some sentimental stuff mixed in, but no, uh, no white house ornament in our house. Uh, Travis, how many Ohio State ornaments do you have? Well, me personally, the only tree that I I have myself is actually a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. It, That's okay. You're a single dude. You you get a pass. Uh, but our Christmas tree, we had uh, a fake Christmas tree, and it looks like someone threw up on it. You have like some nice like Christmas bulbs that were like you know. Passed down from my grandma. We have these uh, the plastic icicles that you put up there. Then there's some like homemade ones. And then there's just sports ornaments all over the tree. Just like Emmett Smith's over here, Deion Sanders over here, Eddie George down there. Uh, you name it. It's It's got everything. Sounds well, like I, Wes digging out his starting lineup. Uh, um, oh, yeah. but I'm doing My little- brother did all that for me. So, yeah, there was a lot of dust on it. And uh, took a Benadryl for that too. 
I'm doing a lot of research on your uh, your Christmas tree syndrome deal. One of the things is uh, apparently mold growing on Christmas trees is a thing. Um, next year, give your tree a sh- that out. next year give your that's tree a shower. Give your tree a shower. Uh, a shower? Yeah, that's what it says. Like What's in my like in my house, house t- to knock off mold, pollen, and dirt. Hose down your real tree before you bring it inside. Also. Uh, Wear long shirt next year when you're decorating and bring it in. Yeah, keep your. I skin. thought about that. It wasn't the wasn't the best idea. I've had that. I don't remember the, all the these allergies. instructions for a tree coming in. Yeah, uh, I, to the house what, when I was growing up, it, it was just bring it in and you're good. What is the name for this disease? Christmas tree syndrome. Yeah, I mean, there's an article. It was what is Christmas tree syndrome. There is no... I don't know, man. It was like I had poison yes. ivy all over my arms. It was terrible. We went we went fake after that. Never looked back. Where do y'all stand on pre-lit fake trees? F- fake trees are the way to go, and especially nowadays with the pre-lit. And then, if, and then if you're able to have a house that has like a Christmas tree closet, I mean, it's a game changer. Wes, do you have a Christmas tree I- closet? No, no. Well, he gets a real Christmas uh, tree. He doesn't need it. Where do you stand it. on fake trees with pre-lit excellence? I mean, we used to do it growing up, but then when the light would blow, then you have a, an issue on your hands. And then, you know, you got to start to consider, do I need to add a section of like a small section of string lights to cover up for this deficiency? So it's just not the most reliable thing. But look, I'm not going to judge you, man. It, you make choices in life and sometimes those choices require you to get a fake tree that is pre-lit. So I don't know. Last year, I I don't think it's a reflection on you as a person. All right. That's fair. Last year we got a new fake pre-lit tree and it was like a 15 foot tall fake pre-lit tree. Got it from Lowe's home improvement warehouse, I think. And got it home and went to erect the tree and the tree had one section too many it was too tall so last year we had a tree that was chopped off at the top i didn't even put the top section on so it made it all the way to the ceiling which i think is i don't even know how tall our ceilings are 12 feet or something like that but it's you, you, it was, it was chopped off at the top. We couldn't even put a star on top of it because it went up to the top of the ceiling. But it was blunt on top. It wasn't pointy. Well, that's that br- flat top. Wes, you bring up a good point though with the lights and maybe that going the Bernstein pre-lit. Bears Christmas tree. Going the pre-lit <laughs> might be a bad thing to do because what you I remember there's times where my job was to test the lights out before we put them on the tree, and undoubtedly there was always one time that screwed up. And there was a couple that were out, and you put them up, and then you realize that those lights don't work, and you got to take them back down. At least you can do that with a pre-lit. If it breaks, then you're like, what do I do with that? I, I think I'm, I'm going to go back. I think uh, a fake tree is good, but don't go the pre-lit. Light, put the lights on yourself. I'm wow. good with pre-lit. All right, so a little I bit like of a compromise. Pre-lit. I am 100% um, pre-lit, fake, all the way. I'm but, too big, that. dog. But I also have two little kids and a dog. 
And, and the first couple of years, the dog drinking the water out of the thing, I couldn't handle it anymore. Between that and the pine needles, we'll, eventually, we'll eventually go back to a real tree at some point just for nostalgia. But right now, oh my gosh, we had the tree up. We, we did all of Christmas uh, getting decorated and everything on Saturday in two hours. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, me. man. Yeah, I put the tree up a couple of days before Thanksgiving. And then we decorated it last night. Brandon, I have a question. When you had a real tree, did your dog ever lift its leg on the tree? <laughs> Fortunately, we, we, uh, we only have a, a girl, a girl dog. So we didn't okay. have to deal with that. But uh, you got a squatter. We got a squatter. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put it. Yeah, I wouldn't even put it past her. One time when I was a kid, so we were Team Smith. You lifted your leg was on the tree. hardcore, real tree. <laughs> as kids, we would get a real tree. We would screw the, the 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 base into the the real tree's trunk, and we'd water the tree every day. And Mama would vacuum up the pine needles that fell off in the floor every day, and the whole deal. But then one year. We had, for whatever reason, in Parisburg, I don't know how this happened, but we had a Hallmark store in Parisburg. I guess it might have been a pharmacy, too, or something, one of those multifunctional what? Hallmark establishments. It's a one-stop one shop. I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what was in there. those in hospitals, man. Where the, where the I, cards are in the same place as the, as the, like the ibuprofen? Cards and the drugs, wow. son. One-stop shop man. in Parisburg. Now I think it's a, uh, it's not a hallmark anymore. I, th I think now it's a um, uh, daycare center. Anyway, okay. um, that's probably what it was when we were kids. Mom would just drop yeah. us off and tell us to run like heathens through Go the pick out a car and to see get, a dinner. Yep, trying to find some methylate. Anyway, uh, so Mama went in there, and they had one of those deals where you, you put a business card in the fishbowl. And you could win a fake tree and like hundreds of dollars of Hallmark ornaments. And Mama didn't have a business card, so she busted out her little notepad that she put the grocery list on and whatnot and wrote her name and phone number on the deal. And we won the tree. It was, dude, you can't imagine. It was the biggest thing in Parisburg. Since the Spartans won the 1980 state championship. This was like 1990 or maybe 1989 or 90. So it was the biggest occurrence in Parisburg in a decade. And we got that thing home and we erected the fake tree. And daddy cussed like hell. He hated that thing. And he, we, we, mom covered it in ornaments. And Stacy and I helped her put the ornaments on. And we had more ornaments than we had room because we had all the old school ornaments and the new ornaments. And the new ornaments were like amazing. Like a train going around a Christmas tree and a fancy snowman and little, you know, Santa reading Christmas time books to little kids. And they were amazing ornaments. And we decorated the hell out of that tree. Everything changed at that point. I have not had a real tree since. Do you guys do a train around your tree now? No. Our friend Tammy Steger, her mama, takes – all right, you know, I'm trying to – like it's, it's, it's like frosted glass squares. 
I think you can build maybe like a shower wall or something out of these frosted glass yes. squares. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? She yeah. takes those frosted glass squares, drills a hole in the side, fishes a Christmas candle, like an electric Christmas candle inside of this foot by foot square, ties these beautiful bows around it and creates these light up Christmas gifts that are beautiful decorative items. And we have like 10 of those things around the bottom of our tree. It's beautiful. They're beautiful. So we so have my dad does the, uh, face. sorry, Travis, my, my, my dad does the, the miniature town. You ever seen those? He does. He's well, got those these are little houses. Yeah, man. And they've got, uh, he puts a little like cotton puts like some, it's like a fake snow and it's a whole village of these little kids and revelers and, uh, little, uh, carolers and people are out there just celebrating the Christmas merriment. We, uh, had a Lego tree or Lego train and it was actually, you plug it in and too. So then there's a little control box and you can make the train go forward and backwards. And, uh, I love it. I told my dad, I'm like, that's whenever I get my own house, like I'm taking that Lego train with me. It was, I like, I always love putting it up there and then you know, when you're a young kid, you see how many uh, little Lego people you can put on the train track and run over, how fast it takes before oh, you can derail sure. the train, and I'll have all sorts of fun with it. That's definitely uh, Yuletide spirit, Travis. <laughs> Let me put some guys mm -hmm. on the track and run them over. How many times did you run that thing straight in the fence and just destroy it? Well, see, that's the thing with Legos, though. You never, it's, you can always put it back together, but many times. And usually when we'd actually put together, it was always, uh, the Saturday of uh, the conference championship games for football. So you'd have that, the game on. Cause I remember the one year, Michael Bishop in Kansas state, Kansas state playing and putting the train together and running it all over the place. You remember Michael Bishop and yeah. putting your train together. <laughs> yeah. That is the power of college football right there, son. <laughs> but uh, do you guys have other trees in the house? Are you one of those families that there's like miniature trees all throughout the house? Yeah, we got them everywhere. I, I, I've got an idea. I think we need to uh, take a picture of our Christmas tree, each one of us, and put it up on Twitter yep. and let the let the people vote on the on the right. fake versus real. At I'll tell you what, mine looks damn good. Is our, dude, my Charlie Brown dude, my, Christmas mine tree looks damn good too. Smoke. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna win with the Charlie Brown. <laughs> you will probably win. will. That's what makes me well, sad. here's the thing though, if if you take the White House ornament off your tree, you don't stand a chance, Marty. That's the only way that you can win. I don't know. I have a Jimmy Johnson 2005 Winston Cup Series ornament that Laney equally loves that, that is placed in a very prominent position as well. Um, does, does Laney have an ornament that she, like, loves as much as that you have? Like, you love those ones? Does she have one that she loves? We have this, you know, the Hope Diamond in yes. uh the titanic movie yes mm -hmm. we got this ornament that is a crystal heart and it opens up it has a fixture on it and it and it folds open like a book all right and guess what is inside that crystal heart a little photo Take of the kid a little photo of the kids wrong 
Um, the Titanic. Wrong. <laughs> All right. You know what? You know what's in there? It is a clipping of the very first tree Laney and I ever had as a married couple. Wow. It is put inside that crystal heart for us to look upon and reminisce yeah, for the rest of our married like a fake, bliss. Like a, like a plastic branch from your fake tree? It's actually real, so I guess I just lied. Okay. I guess we must have had a real tree. I wasn't trying to call year. you out. Yeah. I was not. Yeah. Our first couple years. No, you should call me out because I didn't think about that. I thought that we had had a fake tree. Laney, come back. <laughs> Either way. Your White House ornament trumps her Hope Diamond. White House ornament is dope. I mean, listen, there's no no denying that this thing is a butte, Clark. It is a butte. <laughs> no, it's well designed. Oh, it's it was well Laney's parents' tree. That's sort of weird, but that's okay. That's fine. Real branch. Some real We had a Charlie uh, Brown tree when we first got married. There's no way that it's a real tree though. That the branch would just be nothing by now. Was it real nah, or fake? Man. It's got to be fake. Oh, it was a plant. Laney said our first Christmas tree was, in fact, a plant. <laughs> and we threw it away before we left town to go see her parents for our first Christmas as a married couple. We had been married for seven months at the time. Do you guys have a poinsettia as your Christmas tree? What? We wanted a poinsettia because Laney hates those, too. She's not a poinsettia person. But if you guys want to buy one, you just let us know because uh, our girls are in competition dance or whatever, and they do 7,000 huh. fundraisers a year, and we're currently selling poinsettias. So there you go, America. We had poinsettias all I, uh, over our house as kids. I ate a poinsettia when I was a baby. And Dude, they're poisonous. poisonous, Wesley. Yeah, and my mom had You thought that Christmas control. tree rash was bad. Start dining on a I'm telling you, man, I've got a, I've got a little bit of a rivalry going with these uh, Christmas plants. And it ain't pretty, but I survive every time. They try to take me out, but they don't have a chance. One of these days, it's going to get you. What do y'all want for <laughs> Christmas? Like, do y'all do y'all want gifts for Christmas? Uh, so, you made me just think of uh, a topic. Uh, you can't I, get a win against Michigan, Travis. No, I'm no, sorry. no. It was, it's an actual gift. And this is a sign that like, I, I think I finally reached adulthood and it's because of this gift. I called my mom and I said, you keep asking me what I want for Christmas. I'll take a crock pot. Oh, because the one I score, the one I have is like from my, it was like my grandma's, but the insert has, has long been missing for years. So to, if you use it, then you have to wash the like entire crock pot or you have to buy the liners. The settings What's are your best crock pot recipe. Uh, I don't, I've just recently started using it. I just like throw chicken in there <laughs> and some other stuff and let it do, let right, it do I got its the work. Easiest one ever for you. Okay. Listen, I love when Wes gets tickled. Listen, <laughs> Travis, to this. Travis this is, is such a bachelor, dude. He is. You and I do not know that life. We have forgotten it. It is erased from our cerebral cortex. The hard drive has been cleared of that life. Here's what you do, Travis. Easy as can be. All right. Uh, Frank's Red Hot. I knew this is where you're going. Dump. Yep. Dump a bottle of that in there. A big old heaping helping of ghee or butter. We use ghee. <laughs> what the hell is ghee? Ghee is fancy pants butter. It's like. I don't know. It's some kind of fancy pants butter, organic or something. 
I don't know what it is. And then you take raw garlic, like minced garlic, and fill the whole thing with that. And then put a couple of chicken breasts in there and leave it. Just leave it for like four hours or something. And then once that's done, all you do is shred the chicken. Get yourself some uh, like taco shells, soft taco shells or burrito shells. Tortillas. Yeah, that. Fill them bad boys with the chicken, a little avocado. Son, it's heaven. I don't like I avocado. That tonight, by the way. I stopped well, listening after Gee. I stopped listening after Gee. Is what you described like a like a tortilla chicken soup kind of deal? Is that well, what ain't it no is? Soup in it. No, it's just it's so, like pulled right, chicken. Well, that's what we do. Is that's my favorite one to make. Is like a tortilla chicken soup. It, you just put chicken broth, onions, peppers, uh, maybe some jalapenos, um, and you just let it ride, man. I think it's like six to eight hours. And then you just shred it up. It shreds nice and easy. Some avocado, and you got a, a nice little soup. Some rice. I bet you a hundred bucks if you put some ghee in there, it'll accentuate your tremendous meal. I feel like Brandon probably has some sort of like uh, legitimate like meat meal that you know, not just like some elk. Yeah, I feel like elk or some bison. Well, if you're doing that, you need to bust out the pit boss. You need you need to just bust out the smoker if you're going to do that. Aaron, my wife, she uh, she can make a pretty mean stew. Little venison What's stew. What's in the stew? Man, just classic carrots. You know, mixed veggies. Uh, you know, we'll usually do some backstrap or some tenderloin venison mm. and gravy and let it like Wes said, let it ride. Just Slightly better than what I'm spices. cooking. It's so good. What spices uh, are you putting in it? I don't know. I leave her to that. But whatever she does, wow. it's it's amazing. I'll have to get I'll I'll have to get the recipe and share it on the next one. But Wes, you are correct though. I I, I have some extra space because my couch is smaller by my kitchen, and I was thinking about uh, my dad has two K graders, and I was thinking about having him bring the one down to Nashville and putting it in uh, <laughs> in my next to my kitchen in the living room. Dude, I've sent Travis <laughs> Air Jordans. I've sent Travis Tito's vodka. This year, I will be sending him some Crock-Pot recipes. <laughs> oh, speaking of... Just a uh, stack of recipe cards tied up in, in twine. We need... Nice, um, simple. And you, 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 you know, a nice Saturday afternoon, you start get the Crock-Pot going, it's perfect. Wes, what do you want for Christmas? Georgia, oh, man, doesn't, couple... Georgia doesn't count. Georgia doesn't count? You can't rule for... Yeah. You tickets to Indianapolis. Uh... All right, man, I, I'm all about experiences, man. I'm, a, I'm an experienced guy. So, you know, one of my Christmas presents from my folks is, uh, the world series ticket that I went to with my brother. Oh, I mean, awesome. we just, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't care about stuff. I don't, I don't buy a lot of new clothes. You know, I get some hats from the fine folks at Jack Daniels. Thanks to this show uh outsiders got some hats that they're hooking us up with so yeah man i i don't know i don't want any stuff i used to be a gadget guy you know i, I play video games and all that but i don't play games anymore you know maybe a new laptop if i really needed something that's probably what it would be it, i'm with you though new, on the experience for macbook pro for my birthday and christmas i tell my dad this was uh like in college 
I said, just get me camp passes and tickets to country concert, Fort Loramie, Ohio for the entire weekend. And that's so in, so in July, that's when I'd get my, you know, Christmas gift and, you know, you go see, you know, a dozen concerts in three days and it's, you know, better than any, you know, actual physical gift. Yeah. Marty, what about you? Are you just, don't worry about me. Just let's get the kids. Yeah. I don't care. I don't need anything. Uh, God's blessed me so richly. I don't need a thing, but one thing that I am going to get is, and that I'm in the market for is I'm going to get a new number nine charm uh, necklace (laughs) and I'm going to rock that thing like Joe Burrow. Have y'all seen Joe Burrow's number nine? Have you seen this thing that he wore on draft night? One of the famous jeweler guys got Joe football, this humongous number nine charm. And I have had charm envy since. So I don't want anything. I, uh, I mean, I, I have all that I could ever want and more. Um, we will gift, we will certainly gift those less fortunate uh, what we would get each other. Laney and I, uh, we have a pact. Uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, um, we acknowledge how wonderful one another are. We cheers our wine glasses together. We, same with holidays, but we just, we, we don't get each other big fancy gifts or, or, or whatnot. We instead count our blessings for the amazing blessed lives that we have. And I will always have that approach. Uh, if she wants something, of course, I'll get it for her. But, you know, I want a nine charm. Might get it myself. <laughs> I love how you comp- you're comparing the charm to what Joe Burrow wore the night that he got drafted first overall. Yeah, I think his was like, I can never get myself straight on this camera. Like, it drives me crazy. You just yeah, got to just look anxiety. at it and move the opposite way that year. I'm trying, but, like, it's, it gives me anxiety, man. I just keep moving it over, Marty, back and forth to mess with you. Oh, okay. You're, so you're matching my ineptitude. Thank yeah. you, Brandon. <laughs> Do that, Brandon, from, um, from Nashville? Now Wes has turned into a robot. We're a train derailment. I'm t- we're, we're like Travis running that Lego train straight into the people. Can you not hear me again? No, we got you. Okay, You're back. Yeah, we got okay. you. You just had a, we, you had a glitch. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about on this podcast and something I've wanted to know for a long time, ever since I wet, met Wes, how I met Wes was Coffee Town Football. I got on Twitter I hate Twitter, but I got on the Twitter machine one day several years ago, and I was copied on all these tweets from all these people that I had to watch this guy on this video. And it was Wes doing his first or or one of the early editions of the Coffee Town franchise. And I call it a franchise because that's what it is. So, all right. There might be people listening who don't know about it, who've never watched it, who've never heard of it. What is it and why is it? So what it is is an impersonation of every high school football radio announcer you've ever heard in your life. And when I first did it, Marty, I thought it was just a Southern thing. Um, But as you shared it, as McGee shared it, um, you included it on one of your episodes when Justin Moore was appearing with you guys. Um, 
and I've gotten a lot of feedback from it. And it's not just the South. It is the Midwest. It is the Rust Belt. It is the Southwest. I had some people from Washington State even tell me that it reminded me of radio calls they heard from their neighborhood high school football announcers. And it started when I was between jobs. I was working in local news in Macon, Georgia, and in Atlanta, Georgia, um, from 2013 until 2019. And, you know, if you grow up in those areas and you cover high school football like I had, you know, you go to the game, you film it, you drive back to the station to start editing it, and you keep up with the game that you had just been at. And for me, really, the formative years were in Macon because I would go like to Sandersville, you know, if you know about Washington County with Robert Edwards, Terrence Edwards, Takeo Spikes, those guys, you know, those are some uh, long drives back to Macon, if you're familiar with that area. And if you're not, it's just a long drive and it's dark and you're trying to keep up and know what happened in the game so you can write your highlights for the, the highlight show every Friday night. So I hear a lot of these voices, okay, and I hear them growing up. And I'd always admired a Southern columnist and humorist comedian named Louis Grizzard, who wrote for the Atlanta Journal and Constitution. And, um, dude, he, he's the man. And I always wondered, you know, I didn't necessarily aspire to be this, but I admired the fact that he could be a columnist for the paper but also sell albums as a stand-up comedian. He would sell out, you know, theaters telling jokes. And I was like, man, if I, if I ever wanted to be a stand-up comedian, what would I do? And I realized early on that this kind of world, you know, building a universe around a high school football radio team uh, would, would be something that would play. There's another comedian named Jerry Clower from Mississippi. Uh, that that had similar a similar sense of humor. He would invent these uh, fictional characters or characters that he based on people he knew in real life, and he would build stand-up routines around them. So these ideas were rattling around in my mind, and my contract was not renewed in the fall of 2019. And uh, I figured, you know what? I'm not going to be hired by anybody in, in October, November, December of this year. Sports anchors aren't hired in that time of year. That hay is in the barn. So I, I thought, you know what? This is the time to let this idea loose. I'm going to let this original creation idea uh, loose on the world. And TikTok was a new thing. And I was experimenting with that. And TikTok allowed you to kind of edit as you went along and make like a minute long video. So I was just sitting there in my car outside of the LA fitness. Uh, and one night I just let it, I just let it go, man. And um, coffee town just kind of came to mind. It was like, I don't want to say a divine uh, inspiration, but that's just, it's what came to my mind. And uh, a football player named Donnie Chugs, who had a Irish twin brother named Ronnie Chugs. Uh, they were in different, <laughs> in different classes, but they played football, even though they were twins on the same team. Right. And, uh, I just thought like the name Donnie Chugs, you know, that sounds like a good radio name, you know? So I just let it go. And, uh, the, the core tenets that I always laughed with, not at, it's a hundred percent respectful impersonation. Um, 
I always laughed at the fact that these hometown radio announcers would get overly excited about a three to four yard gain on first down that had no impact on the landscape of the game. And conversely, they would go totally deadpan on the game-changing moments from the opponent's team. So there's like all these <laughs> yes. elements of the the home the hometown radio guy that doesn't call it straight. And, and look, obviously Larry Munson was a an influence in this as well because um, he lived and died with Georgia football. So all these uh, moments, all these influences, experiences in my life, just kind of rolled into one with my own sense of humor and it was observational humor but respectful humor humor that i knew and uh i mean look it doesn't become what it is if people don't relate to it and don't share it you know you were one of those people marty travis mcgee um a lot of people that that y'all work with at espn and throughout the southeast kind of shared this thing on social media so that's where it started and um I did it again last year while I was working at a creative agency called Pitch Maps. And um, they were patient enough with me to allow me to do that, even though I had a full-time job to them with them and uh, have continued it this fall as well, working with Outsider. Um, but yeah, that's where it started. That's the influence. That's uh, where it came from. And uh, I love that people love it. Who's your favorite... Uh football player name that you've come up with uh i mean <laughs> reptile henderson is my favorite he's, so, <laughs> so so good, good. <laughs> he's my favorite man he's uh he's like baker mayfield and every you know player that couldn't get it out of his own way that eventually become a let became a legend you know, that Reptile Henderson is uh, a lot of high school football players that I covered growing growing up and in, uh, in, in growing up in this industry, I should say. Um, it's just fun to watch guys go from high school knuckleheads that have a lot of talent to, in a lot of cases, playing, you know, in Power 5 programs or, or not, FCS. You know, football is a refining, uh, maturing process, um, and it all starts in at the high school level. It speaks directly to little communities all over the country. And when I first heard it, I just couldn't stop giggling. I have a buddy named Bubba Suggs. <laughs> and so when I heard Donnie Chugs, I just started giggling and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop giggling. And the way that you incorporate, like it kills me how you incorporate like the red zone sponsor or the first down sponsor or the play of the game spot like it's so hysterical to me because it's the you way know, it Mar is i mean it's like marty what, the, the giles the center first down yeah the intersection is with nascar in a way and and talladega knights does this really well in that scene where ricky bobby's reading all the ads and i mean i'd be lying if i said that wasn't an in, in influence i mean these worlds kind of collide where everything's got a sponsorship sticker on it. And high school football broadcasts definitely have that. I sure do love Fig Newtons. <laughs> I mean, they do, man. And it's just brilliantly done. And I, I, I would imagine that 
the feedback that you've gotten from the consumer base is overwhelming. What, what are some things that stand out to you from what people said back to you? Man, I've had a lot. Um, I've just, at every turn, I have incorporated these jokes or scenes like a player getting injured and mutilated by a wild boar through his <laughs> gravedigger tattoo. You know, I've had these moments that I've made up and I've felt like Coffee Town was jumping the shark and it was going to be impossible for anyone to say, okay, yeah, I actually experienced that. But every time, okay, I do that. Ashley Holt gets a, a wild boar, run on, runs on the field and tears up his leg. That week, someone sent me a Facebook message and said, yeah, that reminds me of the time where uh, our coach had to pause our game mid, you know, right before halftime because there was a copperhead under the homestand and it made everybody <laughs> evacuate the homestands and coach had to go get a trash bag and and hurry him off the field, you know? And I'm like, God, there's like these live animals do find their way into sporting events at times. So I guess that actually happens. Um and some of it is based on, you know, my high school teammates. You know, the, one of the first ones I made, the quarterback gets in trouble because the coaches find a can of peach skull in his locker. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we had a guy on our bus That's going us. to games that would sneak in. You know, when you're if you're ever, I'm not condoning, endorsing it, don't do it. But if you have experimented with smokeless tobacco <laughs> – you know, you might have happen to have a buddy that says, here, try this apple skull, you know, and that's probably frowned upon by the rest of the smokeless tobacco community. But when you're a high school kid, you're like, yeah, I'll try that. Uh, so, yeah, that was us. And we had, you know, uh, our star wide receiver, who's now the defensive coordinator for our uh, high school football team at the moment. His mom caught him dipping in his bedroom. You know, like, why would you dip in your bedroom, man? Like, go out with your buddies. You're going to get in trouble. So there are, all, there are these moments that kind of find their way in um, and inspire me. But the reactions to that, those kinds of things, they crack me up. There's another guy that said, you know, their center would sneak a can of Dr. Pepper in his pants <laughs> because he needed an energy boost <laughs> during the game. And he... <laughs> He would, he would just chug the Dr. Pepper, you know, he'd keep it between his hip pad and his, in his, in his, in his thigh pad or whatever. And, uh, that stuff, you know, cracks me up, but I did want to share this story with y'all that get, gave me actual chills from, uh, a guy named Garrett Jones sent me this Twitter DM a couple weeks ago. And I'm just going to read this verbatim because this is his, his story. He says, hi, Wes. I recently stumbled across your coffee town videos and wanted to share this image and story with you. My father, born in 1945, wanted to call baseball games on the radio when he grew up. So in order to pass the time and practice calling games, he and his best friend made up a team called the Coffeeville Cougars, probably sometime in the mid-50s. <laughs> he remembered the lineup his whole life and would entertain my sister and I on road trips when we, ch when we were children by calling a half inning off the cuff. The lineup reads... Isky Dibble, third base. Cecil Pavlatish, catcher. Leonard Schellenberger, first base. Little Cleveland Smith, second base. Lance Rupenthal, shortstop. Sherman Sherman, an ambidextrous pitcher. Allison Goodpasture, 
Left field, Donnie Diefenwheeler. Center field, Lionel Triplehorn. Right field, Lance was the all-star, and his sister was the cheerleader, just like Nacho and Don Tanya. Y'all, if, if you haven't watched Coffee Town, that's an inside joke that you don't know about. The photo, and uh, I'll, I'll read the photo to you. The photo was taken at my father's funeral in 2016 as one of his friends carries the lineup that my dad wrote on a napkin around in his wallet. I don't get to hear about the Cougars anymore, but your videos bring back some of those great memories. Just wanted to say thank you. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And in this photo, it has the lineup. And and like, I'm skeptical on Twitter. Like people send stuff to my DMs that I'm like, okay, whatever. But I look at this picture and um, it is a folded up napkin man i mean it is it has seen better days and i don't know man that kind of feedback just it gives me chills like what are the odds that that this guy would come up with the team called coffeeville you know um so i sent him a message back i told him i was at a loss for words he gave me permission to share the story and then he sends me another message and he says hey wes i don't mind at all share away and he says, my father's name was Harry Jones, and he would have absolutely loved your videos. Also, since you're a big sports fan, I suppose that I'll share with you that he wound up being the first Razorback on the cover of Sports Illustrated and was Tony on, Dorsett's man. running back coach at Pitt when they won the national championship, and Tony won the Heisman. The man was full of so many great sports stories. And, uh, and I don't know if we have the rights to share that photo, but I'll tweet it out. Um, when this story goes up or whatever, his name was hurry and Harry Jones. And, uh, man, it, it, to your point, Marty, I mean, these stories that people can relate, um, just part of high school football. It, it shakes me up, man. Well, it's, I'm telling you, man, it's the it, relatability of it and, and how everybody has those stories. It's like I think about one of my buddies who will remain nameless. He ran straight up the middle one time against one of our arch rivals. I feel like my – hold on, I'm a mess here. Why does my stuff look cattywampus? Is my head – my head might be cattywampus. Anyway, yeah, I whatever, think, I don't I think care. your ears are uneven. Yeah, they are. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what the hell's going on here? It's your head – yeah, your headset. All right, hold on. <laughs> All right, maybe that'll be a little better. I don't know. Anyway, who cares? Uh, yeah, I don't think this one – there we go. Okay, okay, okay. One of my buddies who will remain nameless uh, ran a, a dive play right up the middle, and as he broke the line, he pooped his pants. <laughs> and he ran straight down the middle like 65 yards for a touchdown and never lifted. He dropped the football and kept running all the way to the locker room. Your high school teammate he was Paul Pierce. Another one of my buddies, Ben Woods. So Ben was on, was whole, we were doing an inter-squad scrimmage, man. It was ones against ones as best we could. A lot of guys played both ways. but So Ben is holding the yard marker during this inter-squad scrimmage and got somebody got tackled into Ben. And we had these super old school yard markers that had this razor sharp metal disc on top of it. And it filleted oh. Ben's forehead wide open. Jesus. Forehead wide open. And so, dude, there are infinite, infinite issues that could happen in high school football. We had to run this hill. 
dude, it's, we called it Fungo. The hill was called Fungo. <laughs> and it was this like 45 degree, hellacious incline that we had to run if we sucked, that we had to run if we talked back, that we had to run if we lost, if we belly ached, whatever. We hated that. Thing. We had to run it in full pads. Mm. Everybody's got a Fungo. Have you guys ever called a high school football game before? No, but I've covered a mil. Like, listen, you want to get your so have I. You want to get your sports journalist props. You want to get your chops. Go cover a high school football game with a yellow legal pad where you don't know anybody's name. You're trying so hard to see the numbers. You're trying to. You have to keep your own stats. And did he gain five yards or six yards? You have to. Like it becomes, you create your own language when you cover high school football. Covering college football in the NFL is a cakewalk by comparison because they hand every statistic to you. Well, they and, get you the players so that you can. T- you have to go get them yourself. Hell, half the time you can't find the star of the game. He's well, off with his girlfriend, sucking face behind the stands. Well, and also, you're looking at your clock half the time because you know you've got deadline and oh. You know, the game's taking forever. Now it's going to overtime. There's an injury. And you're like, I got like five minutes to write this article and get it in. But I did. And we use couplers. I'm so old. We had this thing called a TR-80. And it was a this, this like word processing unit that you typed on and you prayed that it worked. You prayed the batteries didn't die. And then, to Travis's point, you have to send it via phone there were these coupler things these these rubber these rubber coupler deals and you put the phone receiver into the couplers and you sent the story over the phone lines and you're you're firing quarters in the in the payphone in hayside virginia or covington virginia or grundy virginia praying to god it's actually sending and half the time it didn't Mid, oh my, if you want to get your journalism chops, go cover high school. My, it's different now because there's something called email. But back in the day, man, the, it was hell on wheels. The first ever high school game I covered, it was just a stringer, so they're just going to pay you whatever for one game. Didn't know either team. And after the game was over, I was going to go run over to the McDonald's, type it up, and email from, you know, their use their Wi-Fi. Well, I get there and I realize that I forgot the damn roster in the oh. press box. And so now I'm trying, trying to find a roster online and I'm in like Finley, Ohio, you know, and it's like I got enough names that I was able to like piece it together. But it was just like trial by fire. And it's you're right, though. It's, you know, I can only imagine what it was like when you, you know, had to at your uh, article in stone compared to cell phones and stuff now, but it's still, yeah, when you get your stats provided to you, it, it's a game changer. We didn't have Man, rosters. Say, it's, it's not even, yeah. Like we could cheat a little bit um, at the local TV level because we could go to max preps and they have most of the roster, but then you get to some gaps and heaven forbid you have a guy that isn't necessarily a star and then you're like, uh, number 87 there reels it in for the first down because, sorry, it, we don't have his name on the roster. And people ask me, how do I make up all these Coffee Town names? If you look at enough high school football rosters through the years, you have a surprising ability to be your own name generator. 
It just happens. Yeah, man. For one year, I did like four games. I think a person I knew, he was calling the football games on radio and he needed someone to do it. And he reached, he asked if I would do it. I'm like, sure. I've never called a game outside of when I'd play like NCAA and you know, you'd act like you're the announcer, but sure, I'll go yeah. for it. But it was the most fun I'd ever have. Just and I was just the color commentator too, so I just got to you know react to the plays and had fun and you know before the week you know earlier in the week I'd meet with the head coach of the team I was covering and chat with him a little bit to you know get some info. But you know there's nothing better than Friday nights. I wrote in Never Settle that you know high school football is religion in the town I grew up in. It's one of those Friday night lights towns, and it was so crazy that when I was in seventh grade. All growing up, my dad was the spotter for Mr. Harold Chafin, who was the play-by-play guy at Giles High School, the PA announcer. And my dad would have his binoculars and watch the game through the binoculars, and he would tell Mr. Chafin, run 38, tackle 15, whatever. And Mr. Chafin would say, and it's Whitey Blankenship on the rush for the Narrows Green Wave. It's a gain of seven yards tackle by Warren Wilson for the Spartans. And so that was their deal the whole time. Well, Daddy, one time when I was in seventh grade, he had to go, maybe eighth grade, he had to go on an overseas trip to Germany for work. Well, he was so crazy about Spartan football, he paid for a long-distance call, y'all, to listen to the game on the PA I sat beside Mr. Chafin in the press box and held the phone receiver out the window of the press box so that my dad could listen to the game live. That's how crazy we are in Parisburg, Virginia, about Spartan football. And that, to me, epitomizes and encapsulates and crystallizes the insanity that we have in our town and what a what an institution it is. It's the identity of our town and almost every town around us. The standard is winning state and making it to state. And if you don't, it's a disappointment. And it was interesting over the last few years in my town, numbers had dwindled dramatically to the point where there was a lot of fear about the direction of the program. In fact, we dropped to the lowest classification in terms of numbers and volume of players in the state. This year they had a resurgent year. It was a great year. They made it to the state semifinals, I think. It might have been region finals and got beat by Perry McClure High School. But, like, I can't describe to you if you, you need to read that chapter. Uh, I've, speaking of the feedback you got, Wes, I have gotten more feedback – from that chapter of my book, it's called Forever Friday, than I would have ever dreamed because it's every town. I don't care if it's in New Mexico or Compton, California or Bangor, Maine or Miami, Florida or where, where Texas, the Deep South, wherever. Every, that, that town is every town. And it's a beautiful community. It's the... As I said, the identity of the community, it's the marquee social event. If you want to rob Parisburg, Virginia, do it on Friday night because well, nobody's home and everybody's doors are unlocked. Well, and here's the That's thing, too. The way it is. If you bring up, if you're talking to high school friends or, you know, your old teammates, and you bring up a game or something, 
everybody remembers everything about that game to the the little details. Like there's one game where I didn't play football, but uh, our team was playing St. Mary's and they needed to get a punt off. Basically there was, you know, like five seconds left. They're going to punt the punt got blocked and they scored and it ruined our team's chances to make the playoffs. If you bring that game up to any of my friends that were on that team, they will look at you and tell you to shut up or like, they're like, they're still not okay with that game and that outcome. Like it's still, you know, gets to them. And it, it's been, that game was in 2004 and it's still like, that's Friday night lights. My buddy, Ryan Cowden is one of the, uh, big wheels at the Tennessee Titans. Ryan is like the assistant GM of the Tennessee Titans. And he and I played high school football against each other. He was the quarterback for the Lebanon Pioneers, and I played defensive back for the Giles Spartans. It was the region finals. We played on their field. Him and a guy named Aaron Fuller, who was one of the greatest wide receivers in the, his state, football history in the state of Virginia, they lit my ass up that day. I think Fuller went for like 238 receiving, multiple touchdowns. They embarrassed me. And Cowden loves to bust my chops about that game all the time. We laugh about it all the time. We trade text constantly about our high school football experiences, period, but certainly against one another. I took my family to Disney World last May. I left the PGA Championship on Sunday evening after Phil Mickelson shocked the world, drove to Florida to Disney World. A couple days later, after our day-long extravaganza at the park, Lainey and I went to the pool at the uh, resort we were staying in. Uh, there on the grounds at Disney World. And I got a text from Ryan Cowden. And it said, hey, are you at Disney World? And I said, yes, stalker, I am at Disney World. Why are you asking me this? He said, dude, Fuller is at the same pool you're at right now. And I went, stop it. And I went over to Aaron Fuller, shook it. I'd not seen the guy since he lit me up like the 4th of July. <laughs> He went on to Emory and Henry College and broke every receiving record they ever had. I think he was an NCAA Division III All-American, I think. Anyway, he had a great career there. I sat down with Aaron Fuller. I ordered me and him some margaritas, and we sat there and talked about that football game for three straight hours. Our wives were rolling, they were rolling their eyes at us like, y'all are such losers. We went play by play by play by play. They had a kid at, at, at tailback that day who was an absolute animal. We called up Cowden and FaceTimed him and brought him into the fray. He's sitting here <laughs> trying to make the Tennessee Titans a better football organization. And it, I, think it was a one, I think it was a very important day, too, where they signed some marquee free agent. Was it Julio Jones? They might have signed Julio Jones that day. That and we're wearing that, his ass out I mean, about the 1993 Virginia two 1992 Virginia high school football playoffs. Sorry, Wes, Man, I cut you off there, brother. When I started playing ball in high school, Friday Night Lights hit theaters 2004. So 
I had this like kind of linchpin moment of like, wow, this is setting the tone for what high school football can be like. Our community wasn't like that. I mean, it wasn't that small of a town, Lawrenceville, Georgia, um, more in the, the suburbs. But I understood these are friends that I will have for the rest of my life. And I do. And, and they are. And we text every single day now. And uh, when I was playing defensive end, a guy named David Pollock was playing at the University of Georgia. <laughs> and I thought that that's how I needed to play defensive end was just get after the quarterback's ass. Well, our quarter, yeah, our coach wanted us to be strong enough to shed the tackle in front of us and just wait. And I didn't understand the nuance of that. So every single practice, I was running right at the quarterback. And uh, it didn't really work out for me in my varsity career, even though I had quite a few sacks in, in interceptions in practice. Those are my glory days. And running wheel routes as the tight end, uh, that's, that's all it was for me um, in, in varsity high school football. But there was one kid, one year, that was a freshman. He was about, I would say, six foot flat, maybe 5'11", probably 150 pounds. And he was a freshman and they pulled him up on varsity one day, had pimples all over his face. And he starts to run with the third team offense. And we're like, who is this kid? What, why are the coaches bestowing this opportunity upon him to even sniff the varsity scout team? And he started to spin it a little bit. And I graduated before I got to see the career that he would have. But he went on to set the state passing record for yardage and I believe touchdowns in the state of Georgia. Went on to shatter every record at Old Dominion in college. And now he's the starting quarterback for the Washington football team, Taylor Heineke. So that's my, uh, my moment, I guess, in high school football with, with guys that come through your program and you never know what they're going to become because they all start out in a lot of a lot of circumstances as scrawny little pimple faced freshman kids. Well, you said it, brother. Uh, it's amazing the brotherhood that's built. It's amazing the friendships that last for the rest of our lives. And I carry that too. I mean, I'm 45 years old and I talk to my teammates from high school all the time. And what I love about high school football, we'll get out of here on this when you step between those lines you are a unit you are a brotherhood and what is built lasts forever and all of the lines that divide us outside those lines disappear and it's a beautiful thing and i'm so grateful that i had it in my life and continue those friendships today all right, we got to hop. We've been running our faces about White House Christmas ornaments and high school football glory days. Y'all hit us up. Uh, Travis, what do they do? Rate, review, follow, subscribe, tell a friend. Hit us up on the Twitter machine. Hit us up on Instagram. Please, we are so grateful that you spend the time and you share your time with us. It's our most valuable resource. Thank you so much. Thank you to our law enforcement officials all over the country keeping our community safe to our fire and rescue folks saving lives all the time and thank you so much to the united states military for your sacrifice we are so grateful have a great day everybody 
This is the Marty Smith Podcast on Outsider. We'll try to do better next time around. Be good.